We're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour. Tonight, a little bit different. We're going to be going through uh, a therapy session. Let's let's hear everything, all your frustrations, bring them to the table, and Ryan, Dave, and I will, will help you sort through those feelings. Don't forget your drinks. We need them tonight. That's true. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Vikings Happy Hour. Like I said in the intro earlier, going to be a little bit different of a show tonight. The vibe, I think, is going to be a little bit different. Uh, Ryan, Dave, and I are here to help you guys uh, and ourselves kind of sort through uh, our frustrations. Uh, the Vikings are three and four off of a very winnable game. Um, and I think the news kind of hurts even worse today. Now hearing about Aaron Rodgers uh, being placed on the COVID protocol, potentially an opportunity for this Vikings team to, to maybe gain some ground on the Packers while their star quarterback is out. Um, so you really... You hated to lose in Cincinnati. You hated to lose against the Browns. You really hate to lose at home to the Cowboys and even to the Cardinals. And here we are. Uh, so I haven't talked with you boys since uh, since the game went down, right? I think mm-hmm. I just kind of backed off a little bit. So, uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. How are you feeling right now? Uh about the Vikings or just about life in general. And then uh, let's, let's hear some, some minor takeaways from, from Sunday's performance. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we're all kind of shell shocked a little bit. I think, I mean, I don't think anyone went into that game. Once stack was announced, obviously, you know, my record on this show now goes to five and two because I did predict the Cowboys to win, but that was with the Dak Prescott led Cowboys. I didn't expect us to lose to us. Uh, Cooper Rush led Cowboys. So um, ha- if I could have go- went back and changed my pick post show, I would have. But you know, now I'm sitting at five and two. Um, so you know, wh- I was there live. I couldn't get rid of my tickets. I brought my son, took him out of trick or treating early. I'm like, buddy, this is a great game to go to. We should be able to whoop up on this team a little bit. Um, offense, their offense is going to struggle a little. You know, I'm like, I. it's even okay if you want to cheer for C.D. Lamb a little because they're not going to really do anything with it anyway. He might get a couple big catches. You can cheer for him because he's a big C.D. Lamb fan. Uh, he's got him on his fantasy team. And in uh, watching that game, they just <laughs> they just stayed in it. And I'm like, how are, how are they still in this game? I couldn't, I couldn't make any sense of it. And, uh, and, and like I was saying, pre-show, I was surrounded by Cowboy fans. And – you know, even they were like, there's no way we win this game. Anything that good that happened, they're like, not getting my hopes up. We know that this is a far-fetched game for us to win. You know, we're taking an L just for the sake of the longevity of the season. There's only one douchey Cowboys fan in front of me uh, that night. And when when they ended up winning the game, he's freaked out and was all in my face. And I'm like, cool, dude, I have a you know, eight-year-old kid here, like, Congrats. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, it's just very frustrating that, you know, whether it's coaching, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the defense, I mean, you can blame any sort of number of things and 
if you're complaining about something, you're probably right. Like it is not just one thing. And, um, and, and as a fan with high expectations and, and one, I'm going to rant a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we had uh, a, a very high profile Vikings Twitter fanboy on here who's basically just trying to call attention to all the, the believers who say who still thinks the Vikings can rebound from this depressing few days, De- Daniel Hunter going out, Dallas, you know, the Dallas loss um, and wreck, rectify the season, rectify the season. And by making the playoffs, re- reaching the playoffs. And he wanted people to comment so we can give them credit later. So they can say, hey, I'm better than you. I'm a better fan than you because I still believed in this team. You believed in this team to make the playoffs and rectify the season. For what? What what, what good does making the playoffs do? I mean, sure, that's good. Congratulations, we made the playoffs. We stayed slightly above average, especially now that there's seven teams that make the playoffs. It's not as hard to do. Our goal going into this season, signing Patrick Peterson, signing um, Xavier Woods, and I mean all these defensive guys, Breland, all these guys was not to make the playoffs. It was to go deep into them. They were missing pieces to a championship team, to a team that has high expectations. Nobody in, in Vikings internal brass thought playoffs was good enough. They're all thinking this is deep run, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, or bust. And, and we, we have that confirmed, that. by the way. Yes. Right? Like, exactly. Darren Wolfson has has been on record saying, internally, it needs to be a deep playoff run. So, continue with so, your, so, your rant, though. So, so, to sit here and say that we're rectifying the situation by making the playoffs, that's not rectifying a damn thing. That's hitting the status quo, checking the, the the mark off of the typical Viking season of we're slightly below average, then we're slightly above average. And then the next year we go slightly below, and then we go slightly above. And we just keep teeter totting. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, on this, on this <laughs> purgatory, teetering? <laughs> teetering, sorry, teetering around this purgatory that we're in. Like, and I think it was, I don't know, Chris Carter mentioned something and some other like high end media people are saying like the Vikings are just good enough to not be bad and not good enough to be good. Like they're just somewhere in this middle ground and, and I'm not okay with that. Like I I understand playoffs is fun and winning games, even if we win nine games, that's great. But like, if it's not going anywhere, what the heck are we doing? I'm not sitting here trying to be a playoff team. I'm sitting here to be a NFC champion, NFL champion. And um, so I, I just get a little frustrated when I read things like that. I'm a little frustrated right now yeah. that like Vikings Twitter right now, our biggest hope in the moment right now is that Aaron Rodgers gets suspended because he's not vaccinated <laughs> and he's been walking around without masks and riding the team charter and all this stuff. So like, that's what we're like dwelling on right now and hoping that, Oh, maybe we can turn our season around because they are out without their quarterback. Well, guess what? You know what? They're probably still going to win games. Just like the Dallas Cowboys said. Yeah. We're, we are doing the argument we're about far too comfortable. The argument about getting to the playoffs is that if you get there, you may get lucky and get on a run. 
But sure, yeah, the way you want to get there is as the number one seed, so you get to buy. You want to dominate. You don't want to squeak and slide in because some team failed to make a kick on that last game, and you're just barely, hey, we're in, right? That's not yeah. how you want to do it. Um, it I doesn't do build confidence. That- that sometimes as Viking fans and, and Ryan, you just kind of alluded to it a little bit. Um, we tend to look for things that are not in our control and hope for that instead of fixing what we have internally. So like the Aaron Rodgers thing is a perfect example. Um, we know come December, right. We'll be probably rooting for specific teams to win, to help us, but we can't even take care of our own shit. Um, so before I toss it over to Dave and kind of get his little vent session, uh, everybody who's listening or is in chat, uh, shoot us some of your frustrations and, uh, we'll talk through them and then we will feel better and move along to this week's game. But I I do want to hear from Dave and I want to hear from you guys, uh, in chat. So Dave, how are you feeling? Um, I feel like you were pretty. I'm pretty tired. outspoken, I think, in the in the chat. Uh, oh, the in the game. chat, in the after the game, I'm just yeah, I'm tired. Hey, if we if we're going for eight and eight, back in the days when we played sixteen games, right? Nine and eight, right? And this was the first season under Zimmer, and we had a rookie quarterback or something like that. That'd be great, right? And then hope mm-hmm. to squeeze in the playoffs, you know. Because we have hope and we're, we know we're in a building process. Well, we brought pieces together that were supposed to work, right, on the defense. And some of it has. I mean, it hasn't been great, but some of it has. And we had an offense that we thought should be clicking and absolutely firing on all cylinders. And it's like the electronics in my truck every once in a while. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, Right. And when it doesn't, you wonder, what the heck is going on? And this last game just was yeah. absolutely infuriating on one of my pet peeves, which happens to deal with check down Charlie. How you could throw 11 passes behind the line of scrimmage and 11 under five yards out of 35. And as our good friend of the show, Luke Braun, showed us today on his article there was at least 11 wide open receivers on some of those passes deeper downfield. It's it it irritates me. And the fact that he's now doing the blame game. Well, coach, I'll let the coaches make the decision. Well, do you change things up on the offensive line? I let the coaches make the decision. And at the beginning of the season, you'll remember Clint Kubiak says, no, we're giving him more power to do that. Well, he obviously doesn't. He wants to be coddled. He wants to be directed what to do. Because when have we ever seen him change a bunch of stuff up unless it's a quick smoke route? He doesn't. He doesn't go up there and go, oh, shit, I need to change the blocking. He leaves that to Bradbury and hopes Bradbury gets it. And, of course, the ball gets snapped and Bradbury gets forklifted up and run right back into him. He's a quarterback that's been in this league for. 10 seasons. He should know how to do this. I just think he just, he, he won't. I don't think he, I think he's mm-hmm. a little insecure, but it's not all on cousins, right? It's not all his yeah. deal either. 
Our head coach, he's been in this league for what? Shit, 40 years, 35 years, right? He knows. Can he get his team together working on all cylinders? No, and he's frustrated as all get out. And he looked, today's press conference with him was bizarre, right? When he starts pulling out of his pocket stats and reading, we're eighth in this and 14th in that, blah, blah. It's like, one, those don't mean anything right now. The only time stats mean anything is at the end of the season when you go, hey, I'm in the Super Bowl and I just won. Right? That's the only time they mean squat, really. Um, they You could use them to get your team better, but if you're using them as an excuse, right, you're making an argument to, that people don't want to hear. And if you think you're doing this as a resume deal, we already know that if you want to continue coaching football, you'll be hired as a DC anywhere you want to go. But it's not that, Mike. It's about getting these men, and they're young men, together, all on one page, working towards one goal, functioning as one single unit. And that's in all three phases and getting them together. And that also includes your coaching staff. If Clint Kubiak is brilliant at scripting plays on that first drive, that's wonderful. Now foster that thinking that he does to put into that script that he continues with that thinking as the game goes on. When you see him stutter or falter and go, oh shit, it's first down. What do I do? I'm on the second drive. Oh no, I don't know what I do. Here, I'm going to hand off the ball, right? No, go, no. Let's get more aggressive and do it this way or do it that. But Zimmer isn't the only reason that all this is failing either. You also have a front office that can't, that hasn't done as well on drafts, especially at certain positions, and has wasted picks, even though they accumulate tons of them and gets good grades at the time, and then we don't see anything materialize on the field. And it's one, two, or three if we're lucky. And it should be more than that. When you draft 15 people, and I understand first round, second round, third round, on down, and we, which each percentage has, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit beyond the average norm for a GM. All right, if you take all GMs, we'll do this level, and you may be just this good, but the guys that are reaching the Super Bowl are this good. You're not performing either. Right, and then you throw in free agency on that, and we've had plenty of free agent failures. Yeah, it's all three put together. Now, who do you want to put as the focus? Obviously, during the season, the coach should be the one doing it. But it's frustrating, and it will end. I don't think we're going to make it through the season. He might. He might get. Yeah. everybody's called for Zimmer's head now. It's useless to do it now. You get an interim coach, and then you might get that interim bump, and then you're stuck with that interim coach next year. Um, you can't do any interviewing until two weeks prior to the end of the season, so there's no, there's no, there's no need to. Let him write it out. 
The quickest I see him getting fired, if Zimmer does get relieved, and he gets paid if he does, is uh, after the Green Bay game, if we're embarrassed. If we lose to Baltimore and then lose to the Chargers, yeah, that's sort of understandable. But if we get embarrassed by Green Bay, that may be the soonest move. Otherwise, it's not going to be until close to the end of the season. Yeah. That's why I'm frustrated. I, I think it- that's, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what this is all about. And I see that the, the chat is kind of lighting up. And there's some comments that I saw in there that, that I, I kind of want to touch on. I, I'm going to butcher his name or her name, maybe. Uh, Nijin. Is that is that how you pronounce it? But I anyway, think, they, they posted. I think it's Win. Is it Win? Okay. Well, I think, I think so. I'm not sure. Though. Um, but anyway, it brings up a good point. Where's the old Zimmer? Where's the guy that's going down swinging with attitude? I don't. We don't see it. I mean, we've called it out on this show countless times leading up to the season, through the first few weeks of the season. We've asked for the aggressiveness. I have been on record saying I thought Zimmer would be more aggressive this year. It's a make-or-break season. Why are you sitting here and being so passive-aggressive with your offense? Be more aggressive. If you don't like how Kirk's doing it, I don't at this point I don't care anymore. Yell at him on the sideline. Cause a scene. Everybody knows that shit's about to hit the fan if they keep losing. It it it's already so petty right now. They can say all they want to the cameras, but we can all read between the lines. Like there's so much hatred right now between Kirk and Zim. It's it just fills up any conference, press conference you see. It, you can just feel the tension between those two. Um, I think Dave hit a good point, right? It's not all on one person either. Um, I think Zimmer does escape. I think Kirk takes a little more blame than he needs, and Zim doesn't take quite as much as he should. This is Zimmer's team, end of the day. This is his team. He is responsible for getting these players ready to play, buying into what he wants to do. And at the end of the day, he is the head coach. If he doesn't like how the offense is being called, then step in and do something about it. If he doesn't like what's going on on defense, then step in and pull somebody out of the game. We got a comment on Twitter earlier today. What is with the reluctancy to pull guys when they're not performing? We saw we see Bradbury struggle out. I know he's been good in, in some moments, right? He's an agile center, helps with the scheme that we run. But in pass protection, he's a liability. We saw it on Sunday. We've seen it weeks before. Plug in Mason Cole. Let me see what we got in him. But prove to me that that's somehow worse. What about Wyatt Davis, right? He's a tenacious, you know, he is at guard. He, his true position is guard. But he's a tenacious, aggressive lineman that can help maybe fortify uh, the, the offensive line, and sometimes that's all you need, right? Sometimes that's all players need. It's just one shot. Let, put me in, coach. I'll prove to you that I can do better than what's-his-face. Now, we have seen the back end of that with Drew Samia. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, but <laughs> that's just what I'm trying to say, right? We have other guys, and so if the person in front of them is not performing, let's see what the next guy got. If I'm well, Clearly not what we I'm have working, isn't working, so might as well try it, right? Like – Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, we may get to that point in the season where it doesn't matter 
And they do try, mm-hmm. like sticking in Kellen Mond for a couple of games just to see what we got. How far is his progression? Yeah. You know, just some more comments out here. We got one from Mary. Where's the emotion, the passion from Zimmer? I agree. He just looks deflated. He, he, in training camp, I thought I saw a different type of Zimmer, um, one that was going to be no nonsense. And he, he really has not been that. He has not matched his level of, um, just his level at all from training camp. I think that he's been very, like I said, passive aggressive. He's he's definitely waved that white flag. Um, whereas in, in, in the my past, opinion, you know, when he really, first got here. Sorry, man, not to cut you off, but in my opinion, really, he. Um, I think what the issue is is he's out of answers. Like he's given every chance, every like answer he has for the situations. Right, like. All right, I didn't want Kirk Cousins. It didn't work season one. We kind of had success season two. Let's maybe try to meet with him more, right? Like, let's try to build that relationship. That's not working, right? I tried to beef up my offensive line versus having these quick agile guys for the zone read. They're still getting beat, right? I tried Mm -hmm. to um, run young guys on the defense so we can spend more money on the offense. Well, that – shit the bed, right? Now I bring in all these veterans and that's not working. I think he's just defeated. Like he's out of answers. He's out of solutions. And now he's just like, I, I, I don't know what else to do. And I think somebody had commented, you know, he looks like he's ready to retire. He might. I mean, we all, I, I, right or wrong, we saw that text message his daughter posted. And it's very sad to see. You don't want to see that. I mean, you don't want anyone to be feeling that way ever. Um, and and to our comments, um, Matt, to each other on that topic, probably shouldn't be posted or reported about it. I don't want to spend much time on it. But it, it, it's just you can tell that he's just at a point where he. I don't think he has any more answers. I don't think he's maybe finding joy in this right now. And he's getting a lot of the blame where in the past he's been able to well, my offense coordinator wasn't good or my, you know, defensive uh, coordinator left. Right. So now we're kind of retooling some things or I don't have veterans on, yeah. uh, on defense or whatever. I don't have an offensive line. He's always had an, uh, uh, an excuse and really we're, we're not giving him any opportunity to have excuses anymore because he doesn't deserve them anymore. No offense. He mm-hmm. just doesn't. Right. And today's comment yeah. earlier around cousins, like, Somebody posted on Twitter, and again, another high-profile Twitter, uh, Vikings Twitter guy, uh, that, you know, that's the coach's responsibility to call the timeouts, and that's not Cousins' fault, and there's a dynamic there that maybe we don't understand that, uh, no, you're a leader of this football team. You're supposed to stick up for your offense. So if you need to call a timeout to go to the sideline and say, Coach, I want to go for this, and he says no, well, at least you – at least you can walk back to the huddle and say, hey, guys, I called the timeout. I wanted us to go for it. He said no. I fought for us, but, you know, we're taking the knee. Right? Like, yeah. But be the leader. Like, that's your job as a quarterback is to be the leader, especially for that offense. Advocate for yourself. Advocate for your, your teammates. You have two of the best receivers in the league on, on your side. You have one of the best running backs in the league on your side. You have a competent tight end, a competent wide receiver three, a competent offensive line. You should be putting up points. And the fact that you can yeah. only put up whatever, however many points we put up against a Dallas Cowboys team that has been letting up 16. points. I know they get a lot of turnovers, and we only put up 16. 
You only put up seven against the Browns. You only put up, what was it, 19 versus the Panthers. The Lions yep. game was pathetic. Like, what are we doing? Like, even the Eagles put up, like, 44 points on the Lions. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. We have this top 10 yeah. quarterback. Where is he? We have this top six offense I was raving about in the offseason. Oh, we have this offense that's killer, and we just need to fix a defense, and we brought all the right free agents in. Where is the offense? I know the defense isn't good either. I'm not trying to <laughs> put the blame only on the offense. But where is this? Where is this team that I was told by Jared Barnes or whatever his name is that this is a Super Bowl roster? Where is it? I don't see it. I, I do want to, to counter your point on, on the defense because I, I get that a lot of people are frustrated with the defense. I, I have my frustrations as well, right? Um, Two-minute offense or, or defense, I guess, uh, at the end of halves and even at the end of games, uh, they just are, are very soft in coverage, and I, that's a baffling thing to me. I know we've heard in the past that Zimmer just allows his corners to play off how they feel necessary, which, you know, I'm, I'm not a defensive genius like Zimmer is. So if he feels like that's the best route, who am I to question that? But it just doesn't seem correct to have Cam Dantzler playing eight yards off CD lamb <laughs> when all they need is like five to gain like that. Where is the logic in that? I, the the logic comes from give up eight yards Versus giving up 80. If he comes up and plays man and CD beats him right off the line of scrimmage, but, it's an 80 yard pass. Have confidence in yourself, though. Like, have confidence in yourself as a that's quarterback. Say, okay, yeah, I agree. Saying. I'm just saying where just, uh, the logic is now. Yeah. But yes, the corners should be playing tighter. They should be confident in their play. They should be confident knowing what they're looking for the quarterback to do. Um, that obviously was not the case on Sunday, and it's been, for the most part, not the case except for Patrick Peter- Peterson, who is quite confident with his own skills. Um, yeah. Um, I, I want to – Raymond has been kind of lighting up the chat as well, and I, I don't think we've alluded to any of his comments, but I do – I want to pose a question back to him. So he he said to us, guys, this is a good team with bad coaching. When you have talent and getting poor results, this means your your head coach and coaching staff are bad. Good leaders make better things or things better. I do agree with that to a certain extent, but I still am in, – in Raymond, you can chime in uh, in the chat with a response to, to what I'm about to say, but I still think that – I don't know if there's another coach right now on the Vikings roster that would perform or make this team perform better. I, I really don't. And like as much grief as we give Zimmer, um, I think that he is the only person that will maximize our win potential um, as the Vikings, which is why I don't think that he will get fired until the season's over. I think they will ride it out till the end um, because I think Ziggy Wilf and Mark Wilf know that unless this team reaches the Super Bowl without a miracle play, we don't, we, God forbid, without another miracle play. Um, because that's just going to feed into everyone wanting to keep people around another season. Um, if if they don't make a deep playoff run, uh, I I fully expect everything to be clean house. Rick is gone. I think the the family tree of 
Mike Zimmer, Adam Zimmer, and everybody that's come along with them, they're going to be gone. I think it's the Wilfs have seen enough, and it's going to be a fresh slate after this season. So, and, and, I, and I really hope that there. we move on before the end of the season because. Um, but what's the point? Because what's the point in doing because that? well, well, and, and the only point is because you can, for the first time ever, interview head coaching candidates two weeks before the season ends. Yeah, but with just permission two weeks from before. those teams, just two weeks. So I'm not saying we need to fire okay. him now. I'm not saying we need to fire him after the Packers game or whatever. But if we know we're not moving forward, give ourselves the best chance to go grab a Kellen Moore, to go grab a um, Brian DeBall. Um, Joe Brady, if, you know, Brian Leftwich, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of good offensive. I'm saying a lot of offensive guys. Um, if you guys want to read an article around some of these coaching prospects, Tyler Fornis of the climbing the pocket network here, he posted an article about some of the uh, head coaching candidates, uh, that should be coming around this. Uh, I think he headlighted or headline Eric B very common name, uh, amongst Viking circle here, Brian, DeVall, legal uh, background Cal- issues. Yeah, some legal background issues, which were like 30 years ago. And if you're going to let Matt Patricia get a job, let you know, let Eric be enemy. Um, <laughs> you have um, Joe Brady, young guy, man, uh, managing the Panthers offense. Obviously, they don't look great, but he's a op- young offensive genius. Kellen Moore clearly is maximizing that uh, Cowboys offense. Uh, Brian Duvall maximizing that uh, Bills offense. Um, and then I think he said Byron Leftwich, who does run fully on his own the Bucks offense. So obviously that's a lot of talent. So how good is his coaching versus how great is Tom Brady? But um, either way, those are all great coaching candidates. So you can read that article. However, my whole point is you can get a head start on interviewing those candidates before, because obviously there's going to be other coaches that are going to be like, oh, before the end of the season it happens every year. So you don't want to be the one that's getting into these candidates late and getting the leftover leftovers of what's available. Right. Um, of course, these teams need to let those coaches interview, which it'd be really crappy if they didn't, but they're going to be preparing for playoffs. I mean, all these coaches that I'm talking about are playoff teams outside of Joe Brady's uh, Panthers. Actually, technically I think they are, are the seventh seed right now. Um, but anyway, uh, it, Joe, I, I love Lincoln Riley. He's not leaving college football. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure he would do fine in the NFL, but I'm just not 100% sure. I mean, he, it would be like a Cliff Kingsbury type experiment over a couple years uh, to see if he can run that. Um, there, is a, there is a comment in here earlier too. Atheist for a cause um, had said where the new Ma- Marvin Lewis – uh, I think it's Marvin Lewis at uh, Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. They were consistently I, making the playoffs. They were consistently making the playoffs. They, I mean, they were never great, and they never won a playoff game, but at least they were consistently making the playoffs. And we are yeah. like we're and we're in every other team, and uh, and he, they were doing it with a much less uh, or a, a much worse offense than we had. They were just lucky they had Mike Zimmer there as a to, Great good defenses on those teams. So um, anyway, I'll, I'll quick shout out to that. quick quick shout out to, and I I don't know if 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 he'd appreciate me saying this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, quick shout out to Jordan Reed, who first of all is now with ESPN, so that's a huge accomplishment. So applause to Jordan Reed. He's worked his ass off to get there. He's a, he's a humble guy, and he deserves everything he's got coming to him. Uh, 
two years ago, maybe three, uh, I think it maybe was right when Cousins was signed, he came into our, our group chat and he said this, like the Vikings are the Bengals 2.0. Like it is Marvin Lewis and the Bengals all over again with Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. He called it three years ago. Um, and I, you brought it up again. It just re-triggered my memory that he said that. And so I, I just, I feel like I should give him a shout out. He's probably not even listening to this, but he should deserve, he deserves um, credit some, for calling it three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I want to hit up Daniel. Say, um, Daniel says, just wait, there'll be a Hail Mary, some sort of, um, every dying coach has one, and I agree. Daniel, we will probably yeah. see that. I'll show them, and we'll have some, you know, really good games, and then. And I hope, but yes, that's there'll true. be something. Hopefully, it's motivating. I really do. I I hope it's true. And we here's the other thing too about Zimmer. He loves the underdog thing. Uh, they're an underdog right now. Nobody nobody thinks they're good. Not one person. And if you do, uh, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to yuck your yum. If if you think they're good, to each their own. But they have not proven to be good thus far. Zimmer can list stats and, and his presser all he wants. They haven't proven they're good. Good teams and, beat, and it's good to Cowboys teams with backup quarterbacks. <laughs> that's right, and, and it's good to like stay positive. I mean, I know we're being real negative on this show, and I apologize to all the listeners here. Um, it's good to be positive and keep that positive spirit and the optimistic spirit because you're right. I mean, we almost every single game we've been in this year, I mean, that's a positive, right? I mean, granted, we're losing more than we're winning, but we're still in those games. Even that last game, we were in it till the very end. Um, where you know, we're, we're putting up, I mean, we put up a fight against the Cowboys, and yes, you're missing your great quarterback, but. You know, we're, you know, we can't control what other teams' situations are. We can control our own. Yes, should we have won that game? Yes. Should we have beaten the Browns when they're having their worst game of their year? Yes. We should be beating the, you know, the Bengals um, in overtime when we have the opportunity to uh, take advantage of a Cardinals team that we were right there. You know, you should be doing those things. Um, the issue is, is we haven't put it together. And like I've been saying for the last two weeks, uh, or the last, you know, whatever, the last two games that we've had. I, of course I want us to win. I'm not picking us to lose because I don't like the Vikings. Like, I, I love the Vikings, and I want them to win. Uh, but I'm also a realist in saying, I want you to show me that you deserve for me to pick you. Like, if I'm actually betting money, I'm not betting money on the Vikings right now. And that's not a knock, and that's not me trying to be pessimistic. It's me being realistic that we have glaring, we do have glaring needs and gaps in this team and it's hard for me to have the confidence to throw money on that kind of thing um but, but you have enough confidence being... in the team to buy season tickets every year well that's more the fanhood <laughs> that's right entertainment. Like that, and and typically i make a, at least a good portion of that money back so you know i end up it makes sense but not this year nobody nobody bought my cowboys tickets because nobody thought we'd win and maybe Halloween had to do something with that. I don't know. But it's just, you know, I, I don't like being just all negative. I mean, there are some positives to take from this season. I mean, hey, maybe we found a kicker. Greg Joseph's been pretty good. I know he had that one miss, but outside of that, like, he's been pretty darn good. 
Uh, I mean, I just meant the one important miss, right? Like we had the one important miss, but outside of that, he's been pretty yeah. darn good. Um, we've had good quality, like our like Darius uh, looks competent. Obviously, he got worked a little bit this last game, but he had a lot of really good Not reps against Raymond think, Gregory. No, yeah, I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he well. got destroyed or anything. He had he had a he had a couple of bad reps against Gregory, who's a very good up and coming. Mm-hmm. Like he's been around the league for a while, but. He's finally playing really well this year. Um, so he had a couple bad reps, but outside of that, he's been really good this year. You know, our offensive line as a whole, yeah. you know, we have Darisol, we have Cleveland, we have O'Neal. So we still have two mm-hmm. holes. One of them could have been filled with Creed Humphrey, but, you know, that sucks. But, you know, it, that's fine. Um, you know, our offense, our three receivers look still quality. Dalvin Cook looks like he did lose a step this year i'm sure he's trying to fight through that injury but he doesn't quite look the same well, as he I, has let, in the, the last couple of years let me stop you there for a second so i don't i don't want you to reveal all your cards here before we we yeah. transition so I, I feel like we we've had 40 minutes of a therapy session so far um that's probably pretty expensive in, in the modern world i should be charging like 150 <laughs> bucks for 40 minutes something like that but um it does feel good to talk about it get off your chest uh, especially instead of just like typing it out on Twitter and whatnot. But there are two things I still want to get to before the end of the show. So we'll spend the next 10 minutes on previewing this week's matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, AKA the Michael Pierce revenge game. Um, and then the last five, 10 minutes uh, we'll do a, an abbreviated lightning round and, and sum it up with predictions. So let's do this. Let's, we're feeling good now. My drink is almost out, but I think I can make it last till the end of the show. Um, so let's talk about this week's matchup. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Um, do you want to talk about offense or defense? Well, just a tidbit that, believe it or not, the Baltimore secondary is rated, what was it, 28th or last against the pass. They're bad. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point to bring up. I think the 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 one thing I would caution is Marlon Humphreys is is very good, and uh, Calais Campbell is still somehow a force on the defensive line, which kind of scares me. Um, and a, a veteran pass rusher like himself can maybe I know he primarily will probably play on Brian O'Neill's side, but he could maybe shift over to the other side and give Darisaw a little bit of work for his money. Um, and, and show the the rookie some some moves he maybe hasn't seen before, um, but yeah, let, let's let's start let's start let's start there. The Vikings offense versus the Ravens defense. We talked about Marlon Humphreys. We talked about uh, Clayus Campbell, Ryan. Are there any other notable uh, Ravens players that we should be aware about as Vikings fans? And on the opposite side of that. Um, how can we exploit them with what we have on offense? Cause we do have good players. Well, I say this every week, I feel like, right. Like we, we, we have these like opportunities, right. Where we're playing teams that are banged up on the secondary, like the Ravens, right. They're out Marcus Peters and, and whatnot. Uh, we, we, we play a team with a, you know, a defensive line that doesn't look great. And then they somehow just kick our ass. So I, I'm not going to discount any of these. Uh, I don't care if they're the 29th ranked um, secondary, they got good players back there. <clears throat> Chuck Clark, 
is a very good safety. Uh, Deshaun Elliott's a very good safety. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is top five, top ten cornerback in the league. Um, Anthony Everett's not very good. Jimmy Smith has lost a step. Tavon Young is a decent slot corner, but he's nothing special. Um, Calais Campbell, obviously, you had mentioned. Brandon Williams is a beast. Uh, big, big, just plotter up as a no ta- tackle. Um, you know, you, I think you're getting the twilight years of Justin Houston. I don't think he's much. Uh, um, he's he'll go against yeah whoever right uh, either Darasa or um, O'Neal. Uh, the other side they got Tyus Bowser. He's up and coming. Uh, they have a rookie in Owe who I know Tyler really liked coming out of college and he's really uh, shown flashes in the NFL so far, but you know, I don't think he's put up, you know, things consistently. I think, um, you know, areas for opportunity is those line, the linebackers aren't great uh, between those three I just mentioned. And then their inside linebackers and Patrick queen. Um, and I don't even, I, is it Josh Bynes maybe? And there is their other one. I, I can't remember, but yeah, that um, sounds correct. Yeah, they are, um, you know, Patrick Queen's fast. He's quick. He can re- dissect things quickly. He misses the tackles. Um, he uh, over-pursues. So, I mean, there's opportunities for us to uh, exploit that a little. Hopefully our run game can get going a little um, in, in that sense. But, again, you have to get through Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, and that's hard enough as it is. Um, and, and our run game just hasn't been good this year. Um and then, and then on the on the flip side, you have the you have um, our passing offense again. In theory, yeah, you're right, Dave. They're 28th best pass defense in the league. You should be able to throw against them. But where's the confidence, Kirk Cousins, to do so? Like, I, I just dude, that's, no my point. Like, that's my I, point. That's the issue. Is like, is like, yeah. In theory, yes, you should be able to take some deep shots against this team. Try to, you know, you assume Marlon Humphrey is going to line up against Jefferson all game, which should lead for KJ Osborne and for um, Adam Thielen, obviously, to to get some opportunity to make some plays. But how frustrated are they going to be if they're running wide open downfield all day and CJ Ham is getting eight targets? Well, I mean, I agree. There was like, again, you know, you could see Jefferson get frustrated uh, when Kirk checked it down it's in luke's article it's in one of the clips you can see jefferson streaking wide open across midfield and he just does the little like arms thrown down like what the hell well you got starting folks i'm starting to feel for cj ham cj ham's turning around and going oh shit i get the ball again yeah you know and, and he's like, and he's like, I don't. I mean, he's like, he wants the ball, but he doesn't really want the ball. Yeah, he doesn't. Really, he he's wants. Like, we got we. You guys full, pay all this money to Thielen and and uh, Jefferson. Like, you know, he's got a nice contract. He makes like three mil a year or something like that. The funny fact about CJ Ham, um, I was just hanging out with my neighbor Travis, and apparently they're like buddies, and he lives, you know, not that far away from me. Um, and and apparently they're buddies, so I might need to link up with them and mm-hmm. let them know Get that I appreciate we'll all the the, the meetings show, he's Ryan. taken for. For us on all these check downs. Tell him we'll add for, advocate for his salary to be raised since he's being used as a wide receiver now. Yeah. Don't have to uh, let's, notate let's, that in, the, uh, in, in the contract negotiations. Let's shift to the other side of the ball here. Uh, <laughs> our defense versus their offense. I feel like that's the storyline this weekend. Well, it's going to be um, a big one. I, I keep saying every week, I do think the offense gets on track this weekend. Um, they have to, right? It, it's kind of do or die. Uh, the defense has kept us in 
most of these games, right? And so this is maybe the first time in the last three, four weeks where we have a legitimate threat that we're facing um, at quarterback. And I'm not trying to dismiss the previous players we had, but I mean, Cooper Rush, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, I'm already forgetting kind of who Jared we Goff. This season. Jared Goff, yeah. So when you think about those quarterbacks previously, it's whatever. We, we should have done better. But what I'm curious to see is the Vikings going against former MVP Lamar Jackson. Um, they did a good job with Russell Wilson, but this is different. This is this is different. Uh, they also did a good job with Kyler Murray for the most part, but I think Lamar's maybe a little bit – I mean, is he faster than Kyler Murray? Ryan, you would know that. Yeah, yeah. Straight line speed, he's faster. I would say uh, Kyler's probably a little like bursty, like like he his acceleration is probably a little better. But from a uh, from yeah. a, like an agile and stop, speed maybe. perspective, uh, yeah, exactly. But from an agile speed perspective, Lamar is, and, and they use him that way. Like Kyler this year, I mean, he's not being used as a runner barely at all. Um, yeah. where Ky- uh, where Lamar is for sure. So, yep. Yeah, so we, we have Lamar Jackson to face. Uh, for any Gopher fans listening, Rashad Bateman uh, is mm-hmm. is out there. He's starting. He's looked, you know, pretty good in his first couple of games. Um, I think the one thing that scares me historically, I feel like we have not done well against tight ends this year. Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson have a legit connection. Um, I think just a few weeks back, we saw Mark Andrews just go off. Nobody could stop him. And as long as that man is healthy, I do rank him up with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey as the best tight ends in the NFL. Well, um, PFF is, has him as the number one tight end. Yeah, he can he right can now. do it all, and, and no one no I think. Hey, hey where where did he go to college again, Matt? Yep, yep, yep. I think he went to the U of M actually. Uh, along with Rashad wish. Bateman, <laughs> but no, I, I think there's some 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 big pieces you have to stop, and we can't forget about Hollywood Brown. I know that that's another Oklahoma Sooner fan or player for for Ryan to call home about. So we got him, um, and they have some other guys as well. I know I don't know if Duvernay is playing, but they have Watkins, Sammy Watkins as well. He's a vet. Um, and we saw AJ Green have a resurgence against us when we played the Cardinals. So who's to say Sammy Watkins can't? I just, I think the defense is up for a taller task this week than the offense. Um, and so, uh, Dave, especially I don't know if you ha- since Daniel Hunter will be out, and the one thing yes. that Baltimore has been susceptible to is edge pressure, and then also Patrick Peterson is still out. We have, as yep. of today, we saw Cameron Dantzler was out on the injury report. Whether it's that way mm-hmm. by the end of the week, we don't know. We don't know the extent of his injury. Um, it's one of those where you're going, I don't know about that. And uh, I suspect Harrison Smith will be lighter in the pocket after this week. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't choke somebody out this week. Um, Ryan, before we head over into lightning round, I highlighted a bunch of players, a bunch of threats on the Ravens offensive side of the ball. How are we going to stop it? 
Oh, pray? I don't know. Hey, you're going to stop in that offense. I This is the, this is the one matchup that I... How slow them down? How do you slow this offense down? I mean, I clear, you would do whatever. Call Aaron Glenn, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Lions, and figure out what he did. Like, there's obviously a way to slow this offense down. He shut them down. They had to win, they had to win by a 66-yard field goal. Um, he held them into the teens. So, like, they can, it can be done. I think typically that how it's done is you shut down the run game, including Lamar Jackson. Um, how that, how that happens, I'm not sure. Like, um, I, you know, do you run know contained, who, but he can, who's Baltimore's number one running back right now? It's Latavius Devante Murray. Freeman. It's no, Latavius uh, I think Murray. he's hurt. He's hurt. No, they've got four hurt. running backs that have played and done snaps, but the number one is Latavius. Latavius, yeah, he's, he's, he's been Bell. like the they're he's given the most opportunities, but I think he's hurt. He might be back this week. I'm not sure, but he's been hurt. He he missed last week. <clears throat> so Devontae Freeman, I think, played started last week. Um, Le'Veon Bell got some carries, I'm sure, and uh, <clears throat> um, Tyson Williams, but. Regardless, the you know if you can shut down Lamar Jackson's running ability, and you can shut down the run game, you're going to force Lamar to throw the ball. People try to say he's inaccurate. I think Atheist for a Cause said that he has a noodle arm and can't throw unless his receivers are open by five yards. That's not accurate. I mean, I'm not trying to call you out there, but like he's a very accurate passer. Um, I think he like I, I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, we but he can doing, sail. We had, we had an yeah, he could be he, in that. Oh, he sure. can have I'm bad days saying, like just about every quarterback. Every quarterback has those bad days, and uh, and he's shown those on prime time, which is probably why a lot of people have that perception of him. But if you look at his stats, he's actually a pretty accurate passer, um, and and he gets his players open and he throws them open. It helps when you have elite speed like Hollywood, uh, Rashad Bateman can create separation like the best like the best of them. Um, and, and Mark Andrews is just a, a big body that knows to get open and has strong hands. So, I mean, when you have those three guys, you have some Duvernay and Proch who are kind of gadget type guys. And, and then Sammy Watkins, who everyone forgets about, uh, you, you have yeah. a potent offense. And, and when you're, when you're taking away a safety on every play, cause you have to have, um, help over to the top for Hollywood, it opens up a lot for everyone else. And if you don't give that, you open yourself up for that big shot. And Hollywood's shown to be more than just a deep threat this year. I mean, he's put up great fantasy numbers because I have him on a couple teams. And um, he, he's he's becoming more like a Tyree Kill White. I'm not saying he is Tyree Kill, but he's running across the middle. He's getting into those zones. He's catching the ball and getting down, right? Um, or making a big play out of it. And then, of course, he still can go over the top. So, I mean, this offense is going to be tough. It's going to be tough because once you have the run game contained, they have the ability to throw it. And if you try to contain that as much as you can and help with the you know safeties over top, it opens up the run game. So they're in kind of a really good spot for Greg Roman as offense coordinator to, to really call some good plays against us. But who knows? Uh, Zimmer's a great defensive line, as we all know. So hopefully he can figure it out. Discipline will be key this weekend in stopping the Ravens. Uh, I, I think it's it it they have to they have to be on their A game. Uh, but I'm also hoping, and this is something I'm trying to do more of uh, when I'm when I'm thinking about the Vikings. We always sit here and talk about opposing teams and how we view them. 
but we need to start thinking about how teams view us and how, like, I'm sure the Ravens fan base right now is sitting here thinking, these guys just got beat by Cooper fucking Rush on Sunday night football. (laughs) We're going to, they're going to come into our home and stomp all, we're going to stomp all over them. Like it's, it's game over. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Right. And reality is we're not, Zimmer usually does have one dud game a year where they just get completely blown out. Maybe it's this weekend, but historically they do tend to fight pretty hard through most games. Um, And I expect nothing less this weekend before we hit lightning round here, Dave, quick shout out to Eric Kendricks. Um, who is maybe my favorite player on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, He is just an incredible player on and off the field. And if nothing else this season, I just want fans to appreciate him uh, and and his play style and what he's, he's given to the Vikings since he's been drafted here. He's been absolutely incredible. And, um, it's just one of those players that I know we're going to look back on and be like, wow, how did we forget that he was that good? Um, but we, we see it week in and week out, and he's going to be another crucial player in this week's matchup, probably against Lamar Jackson. So uh, Dave is laughing about something here. Oh, just the guy he's talking about. I could run through him. And Joseph is, what do you mean? Dave's like a bus. <laughs> so More like a tank. With that being said, uh, let's fire up lightning around and get to predictions here. If we got that music, Dave, hit it up. Mm, we do. Hold on. I didn't prep you guys this weekend, so I hope you're ready. Then the music's going. Uh, I only have like three each, but like I said, it, it abbreviated this week. So we'll start with over under. And it's kind of making fun of last week, but I'll start with I'll start with Dave. Um, it's making fun of last week, but over or under Kirk's average depth of target being four and a half yards. It better be over. <laughs> I, I, I'm asking. Or if what you, you think, think my rant you want it to be. tonight was intense, if he throws for under. Watch the final score on Sunday, and I will go off. It's going to be over. <laughs> just clear out five minutes in the final score on Sunday, and Dave will just have a, his own section here. <laughs> um, Ryan, over or under the the Vikings defense holding the Ravens offense to 150 yards or less. They are averaging 149 rushing yards through seven games at 4.9 yards a clip. They Their yards per carry is more than Kirk's average depth of target. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. I think, I think we're... You think that... Oh, I, shit. I just, yeah. I think they're going to be able to run. I we, we have a hard time stopping the run. Um, especially on like the outside zone stuff, they're creative with pulling guards and, and their center and their tackles to create spaces out in the outside zones. Um, and and without Daniel Hunter, um, I don't have confidence in our defensive ends to kind of 
put up a fight against those, that. So, all right, Dave, Justin Jefferson, seven and a half targets, over or under. Keep in mind, CJ Ham only had three. <laughs> Or had three last week, which was more than Justin Jefferson somehow. Well, it seems this season that one game Adam Thielen will get eight, and another game Justin yeah. Jefferson will get eight or nine, and they've gone back and forth. It's just last week it happened to be C.J. Ham. Um, I would suspect that they noticed that we need to throw the ball more, so yeah, I'd say over. It's going to be one of those things. If Kirk Cousins doesn't, you're going to hear about hear about it from me on Sunday. All right, all right. I'll go over. Well, now make that a, t- a ten minute rant right. on Sunday for Dave potentially. Um, <laughs> Ryan, buy or sell the offense? Wait, hold on, hold on. I got no, I got an over under for you, Matt. Oh shit! All right, I got no, I got an over under for you. Okay. Over or under point five. That Harrison Smith tries to choke out another Oklahoma player on the opposing team this week. Oh, it's under. I, I don't know what the hell that was, but I think that was just maybe some frustration he had to let out. But it, it, he's going to get fined slash suspended. I just wait for it. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to so have Vikings he's not going to play at the end of the show. Viking Jerome asked, "Why can't Andre Patterson call plays on the defense and uh, let Zimmer just be a head coach?" Jerome, that may be the answer. That might exactly be the answer. The question is, will Mike Zimmer consider it? And yeah, does Zimmer trust them to do that? That's, we're, that's the we're key. We're getting I the mean, portrayal. Think- Zimmer's a control freak. And, of course, we know Cousins is a control freak. And I think it's one of the reasons why they butt heads. But I don't know if yeah. he will. I think that would be a good decision if he did let him do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do too, but I don't even think back when Jerry Gray was here, which was the longtime uh, assistant for Zim, he wouldn't even let him yeah. do that. Or no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking of the other defensive coordinator um, who went to Dallas after he left here. Any help? Um, um, George Edwards. Yep, yep. But Atheist says, uh, if Zimmer isn't calling defense, then why is he a head coach? Uh, there is, I heard the stat this week, uh, there is good, it's well over a third of the league, the head coaches do call whatever side they're on, on play. So it's not yeah. abnormal. Mary, the season is not over. It's not over <laughs> yes, yet, but we're not done with <clears throat> lightning around either. So just a few more things here. Uh, oh, yeah. Get that music going again. Ryan, uh, are you buying or selling the offense getting out of its funk? This weekend against the Ravens. <laughs> this weekend. Um, you know what? I think we play to whatever our opponents are doing, right? So if they're putting up points, we're going to put up points. If it's a defensive struggle, we're we're going to allow it to be a defensive struggle because our offense isn't going to match. So I assume the uh, Ravens offense is going to run a little uh, wild on our defense. So I assume that our offense will at least have the appearance of looking good this week. I was... Uh, to add to that, I was listening to a Ravens podcaster today, one of their biggest ones. Do you know what the Ravens complain about? Oh, I'm ready. They're playing to the level of their opponents. They barely beat Detroit with Let's a, go. with a you know a, a NFL record kick in the last second. 
they lost to the Bengals, right? Or whatever team it was they lost to. And they won the other ones. And they said their fans are getting frustrated because they are literally doing the same thing we do, where they either play down or they play up, or they play down or they play up. And he's afraid well, he's going to see it. He, he's afraid that when the Vikings come to town, they'll play down. Oh. But... But like well, we play to the our opponents, so who's gonna who's gonna like uh, call the bluff of the other? Like, it's, it's who's gonna question. be the good team? Well, who's no, gonna be the bad? Team? I have the answer for that. Let's take. We've been talking about head coaches, right? Is this man better at doing his job than Mike Zimmer is? Significant. Oh man, we're gonna need a whole other hour show two, to talk about this. He's a top two head coach in the league. I think top. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe top three. He, he, he's very underrated. Very underrated by by most people. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy John Ryan. You went golfing with him this summer. Uh, as soon yeah. as he heard that Dak Prescott was out moments before the game Sunday, uh, I was chatting with him. He called the loss. Um, he said, "We play down to our opponents. Mark it up as a loss. They're going to blow this thing." Uh, and so I just want to give him credit where credits due. Uh, the other buy sell I have tonight is for Dave. It's kind of a joke because I made these up at the last moment. But are you buying or selling Kirk not being able to use timeouts? Oh, I'm selling that. He's been able to use timeouts. <laughs> it's Kirk. No, <Nah>, bullshit. <laughs> and then we got two headlines for you guys before we head off to uh, to some predictions here. So, Ryan. I'll give you the choice as co-host. Do you want Kirk Vember question mark or not dead yet? Uh, <laughs> not dead yet or what? Kirk Tember? What? Kirk no Kirk, Kirk Vember. Member? Vember. Kirk Vember. Kirk Vember. Uh not dead yet. And I think the headline is that we lost the game. But Kirk or but uh, Mike Zimmer's still not fired. <laughs> he still has an opportunity <laughs> to redeem himself. All right, Douglas has dead and rotting in the comments, which I love that. Woo. Dave Kirk Vember, what what happened in the game if to get that headline? To get Kirk Vember, he'd have to come out and throw like four plus touchdowns. Oh man, like Kirk, right. good Kirk. Anything? Kirk Vember is here. 350-plus yards, Ooh. four touchdowns. I like that go. dead man walking. That's a good uh, good headline down there. Douglas, I'm going to have to tap into you next week for uh, some more headlines. Um, I also <laughs> but, hey, instead of, dead, dead, instead of dead man walking, it should be dead men walking, and it should be like a picture of Kirk, Zim, yeah. Rick, all walking in like a line with like shadows and dark, eerie. Yeah, because, yeah, it's they're all out. <laughs> um, I saw somebody post in the comments that maybe a new section we could uh, plug into Lightning Round, which is just write that down. Uh, I think that'd be a fun, fun segment. Yeah, that'd be give, fun. Give me let's your write that, that down. Yeah, let's do that. So let's dive into predictions. Shit, we don't have a guest again. Um, Doug. Or Douglas, I don't know what you prefer to go by. Give us your score prediction. You're going to be our guest this week. Um, man, I'm going to go last. I'm going to put the pressure on you guys. 
I know what Ryan's going to pick. And so Ryan's going to pick the it's Ravens. It's realistic, man. Tell me don't, the score you don't, want. Like, hey, like, let's not make me be the bad guy, okay? I'm just being realistic. I'm, I'm four oh, and two. Oh, I'm five and two. I'm I'm five and two. I, I have a Just good like pulse. The I, I mean, maybe I should go to Vegas and start betting some money. But, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I had to take a loss again this week. Uh, um, hey, I picked the, I picked the, us to win against the Seahawks when we weren't supposed to, right? But we did. Okay, you know, okay, so okay, okay. give me a break. But you know, the Ravens, they're I just Lamar Jackson's a former MVP. That offense is humming a little bit. Sure, they play down to their opponents, but they're still winning those games, unlike us playing down to our opponents and losing those games. So um, I'm I'm going to say that we're going to win this uh, win this game, or we're going to lose this game, thirty eight to twenty eight. Okay, okay. Sorry, I just I burst out laughing looking at that comment there. Shit, his man's on the sideline. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, Wayne win, Wayne win, good one. Uh, yeah, that's 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 funny. Um, I'll I'll call out Douglas's uh, score prediction here as our guest of the week. Uh, he picks the the Vikings to lose on Sunday in Baltimore, twenty eight to fourteen. Ooh, shit, man! I I hope we score more than fourteen. And and Julie calls for us to get drunk and get. Uh, angry, angry day so. back. <laughs> maybe, maybe one of these Wednesdays, if 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 we're down for it, uh, we do a late night Vikings happy hour, and then just get Dave really, Correct. really. Angry. <laughs> yeah, but Dave's got to <laughs> operate the buttons and everything, make sure <laughs> stuff works. Uh, Dave, what is your double doink nine to three? Uh, Dave, what is your score <laughs> prediction for this week? Um, uh, I'm going Baltimore. I think it's going to be relatively close. Say 24-21 Baltimore. Okay. 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 First time Dave's picked it's, us to lose outside of the time where he was doing the it. Sacrifice. As a so this well, is the first but time like, he's actually, actually projecting us to lose. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't see spread. it. And I believe Baltimore's coming out of the bye. And John Harbaugh's record out of the yeah. bye is like sixteen and one. Uh, the Ravens also are like a seven point, a six and a six and a quarter, whatever uh, favorite so far. Uh, the The score is projected to be around forty two or forty eight point four. So, which isn't a high score um, again. You know what? Call me stupid. I know I'm, I'm probably going to lose. You'll take the so basement. Lame. One of us will be in the basement next right. week. I hope, I hope you're right. I, I, I am a Zimmer defender till the end. I believe in him. My wife just gave me the biggest eye roll she's ever given me, I think, in our six years <laughs> of marriage. Um, I am a Zim defender. I believe he's got one last ditch effort to try and get this team back and I think it starts right now um I think they stop Lamar I think they contain that offense contain in quotation marks I think they probably score 28 still uh the Ravens but I do have the Vikings winning 34 to 28 so if I were betting in Vegas (laughs) I'd take the over on the score and then I'd also 
just to take the Vikings in general. Ryan. I love it, man. I love the optimism. I love it. Well, is it optimism or just stupidity? Uh, we'll come to find it's out. It's complete season, stupidity. But... It's complete stupidity. <laughs> it's blind fandom. It's it's seven weeks in, eight weeks in now. Uh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing to the bit at this point. But I, I, I do. Think- I was gonna say at th- at this point, it's it's you're not delusional. I know you enough. You're not delusional. Yeah, you think we're gonna actually win this game. You're basically just trying to not be a complete ass uh, <laughs> and have all of us pick the Vikings or the Vikings to lose. So I, I get it. Thank you for sacrificing your record. I like to win. I am the host. The Vikings, so I picked. I picked the correct. You know the correct one. I am the host, and I told Mary that playoffs are still in reach because, as Everson Griffin said, if we win the next 10, we're 13-4. and four. And you know what, folks? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> if right. you win 10 games in a row, you would technically be 13-4. and four. So uh, with that being said, I hope everybody's feeling a little bit better after this Vikings happy hour slash therapy session. The chat was lit up, so I know people are frustrated. Um, but you always have a space to come back to every Wednesday night. Um, I, I'm hearing an echo. But anyway, you always have a place to come back every Wednesday night to hang out with us and and just vent and comment and talk. And we'll be here for you. And I promise I'll work to get a, a good guest on here soon so it's not just us three bozos talking about what all you guys know about. So, uh Dave, I'll let you send us home here. Hey, tomorrow night we have Vikings Hot Take after their week off. They will be back. They sent all the same questions so far, and it was like, what? (laughs) But um, it should be more involved in that. And then Saturday, you get me and Darren as we dive into the numbers and look at this game in all actuality. As always, guys, Climbing the Pocket is here for you. we apologize that last night in the huddle was not on, but uh, they, some of the guys couldn't make it. So, but we're here. We're on Facebook. We're on the web. We're partnered with Daily Norseman. You know where to find us. You can always contact us. You see our Twitter tags, our Twitter handles in the rollout. By all means, give us contact. As always, like, subscribe, ring the bell, and share this with all your friends, especially your Packers friends, because they get all wound up over it. Anyways, have a good night. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't lie about your COVID. And skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.